Joy to the Word. In our scripture verse this morning, we want to start with our scripture verse in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And here's what it says. And in the same area, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a company of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Now, I want us to focus this morning, we're going to be focusing on where the angel says, listen, do not fear, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Joy to the world. It's something that we sing every Christmas. It's the first song that we sang today. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And the scripture says that this joy will be for all people. All people, but sadly enough, all people don't have joy. You probably know somebody today. You could probably think of somebody right now and say, that person's not very joyful. You've probably been around them a little bit, and you know, well, boy, they need a little bit of joy because they don't have much joy. So this morning, we're going to talk about some things and what brings us joy, what makes us joyful. If we were to ask people what that, what that uh, answer is, what brings us joy, we're going to have different answers, especially uh, when it comes to this season of the year. People are going to say, well, what brings me joy is uh, my children, or what brings me joy is maybe my job or money or presents, or uh, maybe what brings me joy is the music of Christmas or, or snow falling outside brings me joy. Maybe the food brings me joy, but they're going to give us a lot of answers. You know, kids will say Santa Claus brings me joy, right? Uh, there's going to be all kinds of different things. You know, we drive through the Christmas lights and the parades and, oh, that brings me joy. We have a sense of joy uh, in those things. But those are all wrong answers because all of those things pass away. All of those stop. As a matter of fact, in Australia right now, you know, they're having Christmas in Australia, but it's summer. It's summer in Australia. See, we, we put a, 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 when it comes to Christmas and the joy of Christmas, we put a time on it. We think of it as being a certain temperature. We think of it as being a certain kind of weather, and, and certain things are supposed to happen. If we go back to the, the shepherds, though, it wasn't snowing when this, when this happened with the shepherds. Uh, and so we're going, we're going to just really look into some of these things today. When we look at, um, uh, <clears throat> the next few weeks, we want to think about joy and how it affects other people, how it affects the lives around us, how it affects us and the joy that is in us. How does it affect ourself? How does it affect our children? How does it affect our, our spouses? How does it affect our friends and those on our jobs, those that we meet in the store? You know, this time of year is, a, is an easy time to get very aggravated when you're in line because somebody is purchase, purchasing something, returning something, and the line doesn't go as fast as it's supposed to. Or the person in, in the line gets upset because, no, 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 this was on sale. It's supposed to be this price. I saw it online, you know, whatever the, the case may be. So we see 
a lot of things going on, and it can make our joy. It can stifle our joy. It can hold our joy down. Now, when we look at Christmas and we, we think about joy, you did, do you know that we started celebrating Christmas in 98 A.D.? 98 A.D. That was a long time ago. As a matter of fact, if I figured it up, it's 1,921 years ago we started celebrating Christmas. We started celebrating Christmas. Now, today the world, especially the business world, has capitalized on this Christian holy day. And they, they make a lot of money off of it. They sell a lot of stuff, whether it's food, whether it's presents, whether it's TVs, like we talked about earlier today. <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. There's, they put these deals out. You know, now Black Friday is no longer Black Friday. It's all week long. All you got to do is go online. You want to know why I know this? You go to Best Buy. I was looking at the prices on Best Buy Monday before Thanksgiving. And those same prices were the same prices that were there on Friday, were the same prices that were there on Cyber Monday, which is the next Monday. It's a whole week now of selling. You can go online and get it. Then you just go in the store and pick it up or have them ship it to you. I went into the store on Black Friday later in the day, of course. I didn't go early in the morning. But I did notice that even though there was people in the parking lot, the parking lot wasn't jam-packed. And when you go through, I was looking at the prices, and all the prices were the same as they were online. I was like, man, these have been the same prices all week. I says, whoever got up this morning after eating turkey yesterday was an idiot because they're the same prices. They could have just ordered online. So I had ordered something myself online that was on sale, and I go up to the, to the, the desk, and I'm, I'm waiting in line, and I'm just, you know, I've just got a little joy in my, my, my spirit, you know, stand there. just, And these people are... are Waiting, I went to get in line for the, you know, order online, you know, pickup. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you got to go back there. I said, oh, okay. So I had to go back there in the line. And I get up there, and they're uh, getting my stuff together, and somebody else walks up, and they're like, well, we, we ordered, when, when did you order? Oh, just a little bit ago. The, the guy says, listen, we have over 200 orders we're pulling right now for online orders. It's going to be just a little bit, okay? And those people are like, huh? <laughs> Uh, so, something else. But anyway, that that's neither here nor there. That really doesn't have any effect on our joy, does it? I do have joy that I do not have to go in the store. I could just order it and go in and pick it up. I do have that joy because I don't like going in the store. You can ask Christy. I went, I went into Walmart the other day. It was the first time I'd been in like two months, you know, and that was so I could buy an oil and filter because it was cheaper than going to O'Reilly's. That was the only reason I went in there. But hey, you know, we all have our reasons. Christy goes in there so she can hang out with people. Connie does the same thing, you know. Connie doesn't spend money in Walmart. She just prays for people, and that's what she does. That's what, that's what she's in there for. <laughs> so we, we, when we talk about joy, we, we like to put something that we can grab or touch or hold on to, and we, we like to say that's our joy. Christmas morning, the, we, what is this? The joy of opening up the Christmas presents. And we know that, that the, uh, the business world has capitalized on it, we know that, as a matter of fact, in many public schools, they will not even today will not have a Christmas play. They won't play Christmas music. They can't put up a Christmas tree. Instead, they'll call it something like a holiday play or a holiday tree or holiday music. And you, you know, and it, you can't do any music. There was a there was a charter school in California just this this last month where a uh, a young lady was going to play. 
I think she had a violin solo or something she was doing. So she picked out a song like What Child Is This or something like that. Well, the teacher, to be making sure that, this is a charter school, to make sure that nothing was wrong, the teacher says, oh, well, you can't play that song because it's religious in nature. We're like, so the mother says, well, this is a, it's Christmas time, you know, and like, yeah, but it's religious and we don't want to offend somebody. It's kind of like last night the guy said, right, I don't care if I offend you. If I'm talking about Jesus, I don't care who I, I don't, you can be, be offended. Uh, you know, it, it, so the mother says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take this line down. I'm going to do something about it. And they, act, they, they ended up allowing her, they had to get the Pacific Justice Institute involved, uh, and they allowed her, her to play this song. But what I think is very interesting is that we have people who have taken this day, and notice I said they'll call it a holiday tree, or they'll call it holiday, uh, a holiday play, what they don't understand is the word holiday means holy day. Holy day. And, and, and so they're still celebrating a day. And let, can I tell you something? I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be political here this morning. I'm not trying to get us on a bandwagon of we need to go down with torches and, and fit pitchforks to our public school and tell them, we want Christmas music, you know. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to, trying to lay out to you today is Christmas has a meaning behind it. And the reason that they don't use it anymore, the reason they don't want to have Christmas music is because Christ is in the name. And let me, and here's a deal. We wouldn't have Christmas without Christ. We wouldn't have giving of presents. We wouldn't have Christmas trees. We wouldn't have light. You want to know why we have lights? Because Jesus is the light of the world. We're celebrating the light that came in that day, came to us at Christmas time. And so they want to take Christ out of Christmas. But when you take Christ out of Christmas, you no longer have Christmas. It's kind of like when you say that anybody can be married, then nobody can be married. Because did you know that marriage, this is on a side note, I'm sorry, but did you know marriage is, it comes from Christianity? It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from Christianity. And when you redefine marriage different than what God puts it, then guess what? It's no longer marriage. It can't be. And it's the same way with Christmas. When you redefine Christmas, it's no longer Christmas. It's just a day to spend money and give and, and, and uh, give people stuff, and it doesn't matter anymore. If you take Christ out of Christmas, it is no longer has any effect other than becoming some secular business transaction, really, is all it becomes. But what is the joy that we receive out of giving gifts? What is the joy that we receive about being around our family members? What is the joy in all of that? Where does that joy actually come from? And that's what we want to really deal with this morning. Because we want to enjoy the festivities of this season, but we want to enjoy it because we understand. And I want us to take a focus on what does joy to the world mean? Because here's the deal. As I said earlier, this time of the year, this season of joy is not so joyful. Now, I was being a little funny earlier that saying that you probably know somebody who's not very joyful. But it is, it is very, it's very, it is, is a very somber time too. Because do you know that suicide rate goes up at Christmas time? I have a friend who just a few years ago, his mother, his mother over here on the Arkansas River, 
The day before Christmas, she's about 60 years old or so. The day before Christmas, she jumped off the bridge and killed herself. This is a woman who went to church. And I say, you know, she must have not understood where the joy comes from. And I wonder if her pastor and her church helped her understand where the joy comes from. So over the next few weeks, I want us to remember that many people are struggling and they're going through rough times in their lives. You know, I just talked about how we're blessed and how the Lord has blessed this church and blessed you. And not that other people aren't blessed, but there are other people out there who are going through some rough times in their life. Now, you may be here this morning and you say, well, I'm not showing it, but I'm going through a rough time in my life. Because you know, you want to know something? Don't assume everybody knows what you're feeling, what you're going through right now, okay? Don't assume that. But what I do want you to know is that if you are struggling this morning, if you are struggling during this season for whatever reason, you have a church family who truly, truly loves you and cares for you. And you have a church family and you have a pastor and a pastor's wife that we're here for you. And if you need to speak to us in confidence and say, I need you, I need to speak with you, because here's what we'll do. We're going to love on you and we're going to encourage you and we're going to stand beside you. We're going to pray for you and we're going to be there for you. You know, last, uh, last Sunday night at prayer, Sister Connie said one of the most amazing things that she could have ever said She got up here and she said, you know, I finally realized that after 40 years of praying for God to put me in a church, and I'm paraphrasing, that cares for me and loves me and is there for me and is surrounding me and just wants the best for me. I've been praying for this for 40 years and God finally put me there. That's pretty much what you said, right? All right. No, that's paraphrasing. It meant so much to me, Connie. Connie had no idea. She was just saying what she was thankful for. But it meant so much to me because when we started Unlimited Church, we didn't start Unlimited Church to have 500 people or 150 or 5,000. We started Unlimited Church to be there for people. That was our number one goal. That's why in our vision statement, it says that it's a, a safe place for people to connect uh, to, for people to experience the presence of God. And then when you go through everything, you see it's a place for people to get together with the Lord and see God do amazing things in their lives. And see, when we do this thing together like they did in the early church, it makes for a great life. Because when we're struggling and we're going through some rough times, then there are people there that can help pick you up and, and help you along the way. And that's, that's what this church is here. And that was just a, that was a blessing to me to hear that because that's what I want, no matter how many people are in here on a Sunday morning or Sunday night or a Wednesday night, that we know that we are doing exactly what the vision that God has called us here to do. And, and I believe that there are a lot of other people who are looking, who are desiring, who are praying for a church just like this with people just like you that they could come along beside. You know, I, we were talking, um, well, Christy was talking uh, to Elise, and, and I think this is fine to say, but, you know, they were talking about, and, and Elise was talking about, one of the difficulties in the, in the culture here in the United States is that people drop you in a heartbeat. There's no community They just drop you. They're just like, well, I'm not your friend anymore. I've got another friend now. I don't have time for you anymore. Great thing about Unlimited Church is nobody's going to drop you because this is the community. This right here 
is where, if people go, why do I need to go to church? Why, why do I need to be around the church people? Why should I be at the functions that we have? Because we're a family. And when those people, the neighbor beside you who acts like they're a friend or the person at work who ends up stabbing you in the back, you know that I've got a support group. I've got people that love me and care about me and that are there for me no matter what. No matter what part of the world I come from, I came here and God gave me a support group right here, gave me a family right here. So I want us to remember that going into this, into this season, this season of joy. Now, we talked about how do we get that joy? How do we keep the joy and help others with that joy? And I'm going to give us three things this morning I want us to remember. And number one is thank God for what he has given you. During this season, I know we just had Thanksgiving, but during this season, it's real easy to look around and go, well, he went to Jared's. <laughs> no. It's easy to look around and say, she got a Mercedes for Christmas, you know, and I'm still driving my old clunker over here. It's real easy to look at what other people receive or other things. Number one, let me tell you something. I want us to remember something about this. Just because somebody else receives something doesn't mean it's paid for, okay? <laughs> so just because they received it doesn't mean they own it yet, all right? They're still paying the bank for it a lot of times. So don't, so don't look at other people and go, man, oh, look at what they got. Instead, thank God for what he has given you. And remember this, it, that it is easy to think that we have it bad but it could be worse, okay? It could be worse. Do you remember a man in the Bible named Job? You remember this guy? He had everything. He was living the high life, you know? And um, I'm, not, I'm not talking about beer, okay? I mean, he was living the high life. He was enjoying time with God. He would pray to God. He spent, he was very intimate with God because he was constantly talking to God and constantly praying for his kids and praying over the things that the Lord did for him. But Everything was taken away from him. But even during that difficult time, he still did not curse God. He still looked at God and says, God, you are great. God, you, you're still the God. Even when his wife's like, just curse God so you'll die, he wouldn't do it. So no matter what you're going through, just remember, it could be worse. He lost everything. If you say, well, I don't know what to thank God about. I'm so down, I'm so out. Thank God that you're breathing there are a lot of people who ain't breathing today, okay? Thank God, thank God, thank him that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. Thank him. There are things, when we go through the, the, the depressing times of this season, thank God. When, when we go through that time, say, hey, what else has God done for me that I haven't remembered lately? Those are things that we can think about just like Job. Second thing, pray for those that are less fortunate than you. Pray for those that are less fortunate. Now, when I say pray for those, like, well, who, who's that? Well, maybe it's a missionary. Maybe it's one of our missionaries. Maybe it's a neighbor who's, who's lost somebody. Maybe it's a service member that's overseas and, you're, and their family lives around you or you know them. Maybe they've lost somebody in battle, and this is the first year 
or maybe the second or third year, that they're without them. Remember those who are less fortunate. How about a friend who's not a Christian? They're less fortunate than you are because they don't have Christ in their life. What good's Christmas if you don't have Christ in your life? Remember those. Now, when I say pray for them, I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, I remember Johnny over here. I better pray for him. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you'll help Johnny this, this Christmas. I'm talking about call him up on the phone. Maybe you work with them, and you could say, and you know that they're going through something difficult, and you say, hey, can I pray with you about that? So I know it's a hard time of the year. Can I pray? And you may say, Pastor, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not like that. I know, I know Connie and Christy and, you know, Chloe and all those. They're all really good at praying for people. Out, you know, and, and Pastor, you're the pastor. You're supposed to pray for people. That's your job. So, but that, I just don't know if I feel comfortable doing that. Maybe you look at your life and say, see, my, I don't feel like my life's good enough to pray for people. Let me tell you something. You don't worry about your life. Let Jesus worry about your life. If your life is in his hands, then he's taking care of it. But instead, say, I'm going to take some time, and I want to pray for you. Like I said, maybe it's somebody that you're talking to on the phone, calling up on the phone. You know, it's great that we have good things to say and wisdom in our, vo- in our voice, wisdom in our words. We talked about this Wednesday night. It's great that we have that. It's great that we can comfort people. But let me tell you something. God is more powerful than anything else. And so when we call on the name of Jesus for somebody and we begin to pray over them, let, let me tell you something. I could bring Connie up here and she'd tell you story after story after story of our prayer walks where she has began to pray with people and they just begin to cry. Why? Because the power of God can touch them more than our own words can touch them. Okay, and so sometimes when we don't know what to pray about or what to say, the thing is we need to pray for them and we need to pray encouragement over them and let God move in their life. And you never know where that's gonna lead. You never know what's gonna happen because, you know, I'll tell you something. You see it on Facebook all the time, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. You know, and I ask this question when I see that. Somebody uh, loses a loved one, and, oh, thoughts and prayers, and I go, okay, they're thinking about them, but are they really praying for them? Are they really taking time to pray for them? Or is this just, might as well just hit, an, hit, hit the prayer emoji, right? You know, there we go. We're done. Or are they saying, you know what? I really, really am praying for this person. Don't make it thoughts and prayers. Don't make it a prayer emoji, but say, hey, during this time, I know that my prayers can be effective because no matter how horrible I am, my God is awesome. No matter how minute I am, God is awesome because my prayers don't hinge. When I'm praying for somebody else, my prayers don't hinge on how smart I am or how biblically literate I am. My prayers hinge on the power behind the one who can answer those prayers. So remember those and pray for those who are less fortunate than you. Now, number three, how do we keep this joy? Number three, remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. This is the easiest thing for us to forget. It's Christmas time and we're all in a hurry. We get so busy. 
We're rushing around. I got to get this gift. I got to get that gift. I got to spend this money. Did I spend enough money on this person? Did I, spend, did I get the right gift? Oh no, she didn't like, she's not going to like that. I got to take it back. It was the wrong one. She, I thought she told me this one. Oh my goodness, you know, and I got work to do on top of that, right? Oh, I got to fix, I got to fix food. I got to get the food fixed. I got to do this. I got to do that. We need to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, and we wouldn't have this season if it wasn't for him. When we begin to understand that Jesus is the reason for, see, for the season, that it's not Santa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be negative here. It's not Santa. It's not presents. These are negatives, right? Not is a negative. It's not family. It's not food. It's not friends. It's not music. It's not time off of work, which we all enjoy. Some of us don't get it, but you know, those that you, if those of y'all get it, I know you enjoy it. We would not have Christmas if it wasn't for Jesus. It's not these other things. When the host of the Lord said to the shepherds that there would be great joy for all people, it was because the Son of God had come to earth in human flesh and chose to live among us. Jesus chose to do this for us. He chose to come as a baby in a manger. You want to know, uh, t- today we, you know, Mary and Joseph would be put, would have that child in child protective services. You know that? Somebody would have called them and said, hey, they had this baby in this, in this cave over here and they stuck it in a manger and they didn't wrap, they, they, they just had strips of cloth they wrapped around the baby. You need to do something about this. DHS would have been on them like white is on rice. You know what I'm saying? It would have been horrible. But, but God in God said, I'm going to come, Jesus, who's God. I'm coming in human flesh. I'm going to become a human. I'm going to live like a human. How many kings out there do you think would be like, you know what? I'm going to go live like a poor person. No, they don't do it. No, they are the king, and so I live in the nicest place. I have all my meals. I have everything I have. But Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, came from even something even loftier and higher than that, and he subjected himself to the elements of this world. The reason that we deal with the elements that we do deal with today is because of sin. The Garden of Eden was a perfect place to live. The reason we so he subjected himself to come live in a place and the elements because of the sin that people had committed. He came as a baby. He didn't even come as a conquering ruler on a white stallion. He didn't come with a sword in his hand. He didn't do that. He says, "I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me would be saved." He did what he had to do for us. Before Jesus came, there was no perfect sacrifice. So we lived under the weight of the law. But after Jesus came and he died and he was buried and he was resurrected, he literally changed the course of history. When I said a minute ago, it was 98 A.D., 98 AD, when uh, Christmas first was recognized, was first celebrated, the birth of Jesus was celebrated, AD and BC were implemented years later to denote that Jesus, 
before he came, before Christ, in A.D., which means the year of our Lord, there's the, the Latin or whatever it is, I can't say it, but anyway, A.D. It means the year of our Lord. He literally split our time in half. You know what I'm saying? He split it in half. That's why the way we look at time is because of what Jesus did. But he came in his death and his resurrection totally changed the world, changed the whole course of history. Today, the country that we live in today was founded and is the longest uh, Republican republic democracy ever. What we have today is amazing. But why? Because we were founded on the Bible. We were founded on the principles of the Bible. And because the, those that were, that were the ones who came over here and founded this country were Christians. It's amazing. That's what Jesus did. He changed it. And because of that, the United States of America itself is the most giving nation in the world. What we do for people is amazing, but we, we do it because God, I, I really believe, because God planted this country himself. He had it for such a time as this. Now, how long that's such a time, I don't know, but praise God, we have it right now, and, and he has done that. And it wouldn't have happened if Jesus hadn't come and changed the world himself. If we believed on Jesus and his words, then we are under the blood and not under the law and now we are judged by his blood. This is the great thing. The reason for the season that we want to remember. The reason for the season is Jesus, and because of Jesus, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Scripture says that when we endure various trials and troubles to count it joy. Why? Because Jesus was already here, and he's already taken all those problems on himself, and we can call on him at any time. Or we can also, we can call on his people, his sons and daughters that attend Unlimited Church and say, hey, I need some help. I need you to pray for me. I need you to to talk to me. I need some help. Jesus' blood, though, washed away all the blackness of sin, and it purified us as clean and as white, as fresh falling snow. Now, this is how we have joy. This is how we keep joy in the bad circumstances and how we help others. Because first, we thank God for what he has given us. Second, we pray for those who are less fortunate than us. And thirdly, we will remember over the next few weeks what the real reason for the season is. We're really going to remember that.